I will say that as I was saying it, it sounded dumber than what I explained earlier. <laughs> like it's somehow more to be. Yes. That's always how fan theories feel. Because I said it was Terminator, but yes. then it turned into X-Men yes. and then it turned to Children of Men. And yes. now I don't even know what it is anymore. Hey everyone, welcome to Adapted for Your Viewing. My name is David and I watch too many movies. And my name is Amanda and I read too many books. We are brother and sister and this is our podcast for nerds where we talk too much about movies and the books they're based on and tell you which one is worth consuming. Yep, and today we will be talking about Matilda. This includes the 1988 novel by Roald Dahl and the 1996 adapted film. Yep, surprise, we're doing Matilda. We said we were doing something else, but we're totally not. We're doing Matilda. <laughs> yeah, we lied. We just wanted to read Matilda. <laughs> uh, we're assuming you're familiar, but in case you need it, uh, here is a quick summary. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Matilda. Hi, Dad. Get in the car, Melinda. Matilda. Whatever. Who was extraordinary in every way. Pretty soon you'll be able to do any multiplication, whether it's 2 times 7. 14. Or 13 times 379. 4,927. Wow. Uh, so Matilda is a story about a very young but brilliant girl who's Genius and intellect is stifled by the ridiculously terrible adults in her life, including her sleazy used car salesman, dad, and her bingo-addicted neglectful mom, and the way over-the-top bully of a headmaster at her new school, Miss Trunchbull, which is pretty much the best name for a villain ever. Uh, easily. Easily. Shortly after she starts school, uh, the with the wonderful but timid Miss Honey, who's her school teacher. Uh, Matilda develops the power to move objects with her eyes, and she decides to teach Miss Trunchbull a lesson. And much fun ensues after that. So, David, what was your first experience with Matilda, the movie or the book? Yeah, I was trying to think back because I would say this falls into the category of core movie foundations that we watched as kids. Yeah. And so I couldn't remember if this was like how most people watch this movie which was abc family reruns mm -hmm. uh this on, was all the time yeah. regularly on the rotation yeah i feel like uh, that quote where uh it's it's what's his name doing um it's danny devito doing like you're small i'm big i'm smart you're dumb like that whole thing i feel like i've seen that like a thousand times in my life yes like it's in yeah. one of those abc family promo yeah. ads yeah absolutely that just was on a loop from between the ages of like 10 and 15 in the house. I feel like every time we do this segment, you have unlocked a hidden memory in my <laughs> mind that only you have access to of a stupid ABC family yeah. promo ads. But yes, 100%. Now I am 1,000% confident that the first time I have watched this is yeah. ABC family. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. I probably watched it. I definitely watched it before I read the book. I think I discovered, uh, you know, Raw Dahl books a little bit later. We had like kind of a box set of them that I remember reading through. Yeah. When I was probably like, I want to say, I want to say like pre junior high. Um, but I definitely, I, you know, this came out in what was it, 96? I for sure think I watched mm -hmm. it during that time. It was around the time that I was watching. It was probably like in my movie rotation when I was watching like Free Willy, 
Andre, Harriet the Spy, Fly Away Home. Do you remember all those books where it like involved all a lot those of animals? classics? Yeah, all classics. Yes. And so I think it was just like in my rotation of watching like all of these movies. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense because I, I do remember the box set. And yeah. we were discussing this earlier because I colored in. Yes, you all colored the in all my books. <laughs> every single Roald Dahl books. Yes. Because yes. I was a great little brother that understood books and I just wanted to paint over all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad time to be a book collector as a young Langard. <laughs> <laughs> I did not let you have them in peace. No. Uh, but tell me a little bit of the book facts. Yeah. So, book facts. So, uh, if you recognize Roald Dahl, you probably, even if you don't recognize his name, you probably recognize a lot of what he's done. So outside of Matilda, he did Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, the BFG, Fantastic Mr. Fox. So all of these movies that have all been turned, all these books that have been turned into movies, um, all classic stuff. He has like a great uh, kind of dark humor to him and all of his books are filled with just terrible adults. And so it's, it feels for me like going back and reading them, it felt super familiar to be in his world again. Yeah. He's one of my favorite authors just because of the sheer amount of material he provides for this podcast. Like yeah. we, will we will probably never run out. Again. Yeah. Um, easily so for matilda specifically um it not only was turned into a movie but uh there's an audiobook that kate winslet has done which is super super good and it's been turned into two different musicals the second one being super successful uh and then i found a little factoid that netflix is also working on animating it as part of a series they're doing with tons of rolled out bo uh books which i really hope is oh. true <laughs> That is so smart. Yeah, That's I thought great. that'd be really because cool. Because honestly, these worlds always work better when they're animated. Like even yeah. look at some of like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory movies. They're always a little bit too over the top for me. Mm -hmm. Animation would be perfect. I think animation would be perfect. And especially because all of his books come with um, like it was fun reading Matilda again because of the illustrations. Like it took me right back to reading them when I was a kid. And all of his books have those goofy kind of quick sketch illustrations in them. And so it'd be fun to see it actually animated. Mm -hmm. It took me back to every single one I colored in with my green crayon. <laughs> yes. Every single one. It didn't help that they were like black and white sketches. So it looked like something you they could were... color in. <laughs> I just wish. They were specifically yeah. made to be filled in. I just feel like a dummy because I, I remember like a bunch of them being colored in. I'm like, I'm never going to need this book ever. And so I threw, I'm pretty sure I threw them all out, which I really regret doing. I wish I had just kept them. Colors and all. Yeah, that would have been fun yeah. memories yeah. now. Ugh, uh, stupid. <laughs> yeah, but that was, that was back in 2018. They said they were animating it. So I really hope they're still doing it. We'll see if they come out with it anytime soon. Mm -hmm. uh, but I thought the funniest factoid about Matilda was that the first version of this book was about how Matilda was this powerful child that terrorizes all the adults in her life with her magic powers. And she eventually learns to be kind by helping her teacher fix a horse race, which was just such a funny like idea. <laughs> and so I guess he wrote the entire book like that where Matilda is this terror and he didn't really feel super confident about it. So he scrapped the whole thing and started over again and rewrote it into the story we know and love today. Um, and it was written in, it was published in 1988. It's one of his, the last books he completed before his death in 1990, which is super sad that we didn't get more. Yeah. And it, 
I think this speaks to his consistency Mm -hmm. that this book feels like it could have been written at any time in his career. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Because all of his stuff is so consistent and have a consistent tone Mm -hmm. that even though this is one of the last he's written, it feels like any other piece of material he's done. I was really surprised it was one of his last because I I just assumed because it was so popular, it was maybe somewhere in the middle, but yeah. It feels like a staple. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, what about movie facts? Yeah, so a couple things that were very surprising to me. First, I wasn't aware that this movie was a complete bomb. Like, <laughs> I just see this as, like, a classic. Yeah. But this movie did terrible at the did box it really? office. <laughs> yeah, it only made about $33 million on a budget that was slightly more, like $35 million. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, it's crazy to me that this what I consider to be a classic made absolutely no money at all. Cause everyone I know has seen this movie and has like a bunch of warm feelings about it. Yeah. But in reality, no one saw it when it came out back in the day. That is really surprising too. It does feel a little bit like it should be like a made for TV movie. It's like slightly better than a made for TV movie, but that's still pretty yeah. surprising. Cause I feel like other movies very similar to it, did well but maybe i'm just assuming that because i was a kid and i watched the crap out of this kind of movie it it's true i would watch the crap out of any kids movie though so i don't know yeah Yeah. uh so one thing danny devito and rhea perlman are the best people ever Mm -hmm. you probably already knew that to a certain Uh, extent i had totally forgotten that they were married yeah they're married uh didn't know that until this movie Mm -hmm. okay uh but mara wilson the uh, little girl who played matilda would regularly stay at their house and they would take care of her because her mom was going through breast yeah. cancer during the filming yeah. and she eventually did die. So the film is dedicated to her. Yeah, she got to see a cut of the film before she passed away. Yeah, which is really yeah. sweet. Yeah. But they were so supportive of her during the filming process. And you can see, like, I watched a ton of behind the scenes footage, of interviews, mm-hmm. of all the special features they had that they released back in the day. The way Danny DeVito uh, interacts with her is very, like, just paternal. Yeah. It's so sweet. Mm-hmm. He was so supportive of her. They still have a great relationship to this day. And all I want to do is meet Danny DeVito now because he just seems like the best human being ever. It was funny. I did watch... Uh... A couple of I didn't watch as many behind the scene things as you did, but they did have like they did like a reunion with the cast and that's on YouTube. And I watched all that and I thought that was very sweet. And it's funny because you you have an idea of who Danny DeVito is from like the movies you've seen him in. And then to see him talking about this movie that he really loves and put together, it was like seeing like an old dad talk about like his favorite hobby. And it was such it was such a fun way to see Danny DeVito in like this new light besides being just like the creepy penguin from from Batman. <laughs> yeah, for anyone who loves Always Sunny in Philadelphia yes. like me, know yes. him best as the man who completely oiled himself up barely naked <laughs> uh and just started trancing around set. Like that's that's the modern Danny DeVito I see, but back in the day he was like yeah. Uh, well, he still is. He he just did a lot more family-based things. Like, he produced this movie, he directed this, and the whole reason why he chose to make this movie was because he read the book to his children, and they loved yeah, it. So he was adorable. like, all right, cool, let's mm-hmm. do this. Yeah. Now, one thing that's also very interesting that I saw from the behind-the-scenes footage is 
any special effect that you've seen, you can probably guess how it was done. Yeah, it was like, a lot of like, wasn't it a lot of uh, like practical stuff that they did? Well, it was all practical and it was all like really easy stuff that mm -hmm. honestly anybody with a camera and like basic knowledge could probably do something like this. Like for example, um, the scene where uh, Miss Trunchbull is throwing the girl with pigtails. Yeah. How they did it is they just made fake pigtails, yeah. attached a girl to something to launch her and they just threw her around. That was it. It That's was kind super of awesome. simple. Yeah. I think that really helps it from not aging poorly though, because it would be, it would throw you out of the movie so violently if all of a sudden you saw this terrible CGI and there, there was never a moment in the movie when you do, it all feels like something that looks like it's actually happening. Well, and one thing too, is that I wouldn't say all of this stuff is super well done. There's definitely a few messy bits. No, but, it's definitely goofy. But the thing about it is, is it sort of plays into this like, goofy dark world perfectly like when the boy gets thrown out yes. a window and matilda has him do a flip in and he, he's like yes. going like superman <laughs> it's like that's wacky that doesn't look right and i love it yes <laughs> yes but it also doesn't look fake cgi exactly which is somehow in this world where today where we are constantly judging whether cgi is tricking us or not mm -hmm. um it makes it it endears the movie is more endearing to me because of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think we're itching to talk about the story. So we are. We are. So what did you think about the story? How'd you like it? So, I mean, this is sort of Roald Dahl's thing where all of his worlds are so imaginative, but but still based in this like gritty sense of reality, like people regularly mm -hmm. die in his books yes uh like yeah, crazy it's very things violent it's super for like violent. a children's world <laughs> yeah like mrs trunchbull or miss trunchbull is like terrifying and so yes it's a ridiculous book with ridiculous characters that still seems to be grounded and level-headed in ways that mm -hmm. other children's stories have a hard time following and it's one of the reasons why his books age so well yeah. Yeah. There's definitely things in there where you think they shouldn't be like child friendly, like the chokey being like this yeah. basically like torture chamber with like glass and nails <laughs> that kids get locked in for the entire day. That's super scary. But those things are kind of tucked into this really kind of kooky, imag imaginative, fun story that you almost just accept it without really feeling like the consequences of something as horrible as that exactly and yeah it, it like all the dark parts of this movie are what make so much of matilda's actions uh feel so hopeful is the fact that like she is yeah. overcoming all of these terrible circumstances that she's been put through of having a terrible yeah. family of having no one who supports her of being in this school and having this terrible situation. She does eventually get like Miss Honey, but Miss Honey has like a terrible past too that she's dealing with. Yeah. And her own baggage. Exactly. And it all still seems so hopeful. And I think that's what I love about it. Uh, the fact that, Matilda teaches this story for children to stand up for yourself 
and the power that comes mm-hmm. from intelligence is one that still mm-hmm. is relevant today and ages well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it definitely aged well. I think too, like it would be very easy, and I think that's part of Roldal's skill mm-hmm. is that it would be very easy to have kind of this dark humor not work where like it's so like people are so terrible and over the top that it becomes grating to have to experience it over and over again but because he does it with such a good sense of humor it evens it out in a way that I think is really deceptively difficult to do like it feels like such a simple story but it's strangely effective like I read this book in probably just a couple of hours in just an afternoon um but it felt like I got to know all the characters mm-hmm. super well. Um, a lot of situations were super funny to me, like returning to them again. I really felt for Miss Honey and I really rooted against Miss Trunchbull. I was really happy to see her downfall. And I loved Matilda and it, Matilda felt like a real person to me. And I think that's really hard to do in not only a children's book, but in something, a very quiet and simple story like this. 100% agree. So I, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I was really excited to go back to it. Yeah, and the characters, like you said, are uh, the reason why I think the actors had such an easy job yeah. adapting yeah, this totally. is because, I mean, he just writes such interesting villains, especially for Matilda to overcome. Yeah, I just love it because yeah. Rodal's great, and I love all his children's books. They're just, ugh. How did you like coming back to the book as an adult? As opposed to reading it when you were little. I think what shocked me the most, because so much of my memory uh, mm-hmm. has to do with the movie. I just associate so much mm-hmm. of the movie with the book that I sort of forgot yeah. about the book entirely. So I think the one thing that shocked me about the book is how the chapters uh, were sort of self-contained stories in themselves. You know, they were still yeah. a through line. But each chapter was tailor-made to be read to a child. And I loved that. Yeah, for sure. It seems... Yeah, it definitely felt like each chapter could be read before you go to bed at night. Yeah. And I think this speaks to his skills of writing short stories. That's actually some Mm -hmm. of my favorite materials he has. I have this big... Like, one of my most prized books that I will never give, give away is this old book from, like, 20 years ago. Uh, that's like a collection uh, of all his short stories. And it's like a hard copy that I, f- or hardcover co- copy that I found at a garage sale falls apart every mm-hmm. time I open it. So I have to be very careful <laughs> when I read it. Uh, yeah. But it speaks to his skill that he's able to uh, have a story that is both perfect for reading to a child before they go to bed, but still has its yeah. own narrative that's cohesive throughout. Mm hmm. Yeah, and I think um, for me, coming back to the book, I didn't think I would love all of the adults as much as I mm-hmm. did. I loved the adult characters. I just think they were so funny, each of them. Like her crazy car salesman dad, her ridiculous over-the-top mom. I love how horrible Trunchbull is. They're just like way over-the-top horrible and how – she just stomps around and bullies everybody. I just think all of them were such fun characters. And it was fun reading it because I, I could picture like the movie like frame by frame, basically. And it was so easy to see that translated uh, to the screen. 
Absolutely. And I think the, especially Miss Trunchbull, what makes her character so interesting is not that she's just uh, like mean and brooding, but she seems to Mm -hmm. have this aspect of psychological cruelty that she enjoys inflicting on children. That's almost (laughs) comical. I love her insistence. Yes. Well, I love, if it was just that, I feel like it would be mean. I love her insistence that like, all the adults are so bullheaded. Like her, she insists that she was never a child, which I think is so funny because she's like, "Ugh, I hate children. I'm so glad I never was one." Everyone's like, "You were one." She's like, "That's ridiculous. How dare you?" Say I've that always to me? been this big. <laughs> I've always been big. It's just hilarious, and I just I think that actress who played her, um, Pam Ferris, who played her, is amazing. I was watching her, and I think that she's just just a gem and i totally didn't realize it uh she is in the harry potter movies too she's aunt marge i want to say is um harry's yeah harry's aunt who comes to visit and she has the bulldog who's the worst and she blows him up and she floats away that's right she's the she's the one that turns into a hot air balloon and floats away in this third one and she's just as horrible oh, in that too. And so I just think she has that. like a special talent for being the absolute worst. And I respect that so much. I love it. Anyway, let's let's start talking about the movie <laughs> since we are yeah. already kind of getting into it. What are some Yeah, of- so what do you like about the movie? Yeah, so first and foremost, everyone loves the cast. You were just talking about Miss Trunchbull kills it. Oh, they're so good. Uh Danny yes. DeVito absolutely kills it. Like some of the scenes where he's just angry and stomping around Mm -hmm. are so fun. The Mm -hmm. moment where uh, he's just like, I'm big, you're small. I'm right. I just, Mm -hmm. I laugh every single time. You're dumb. I'm smart. You're dumb. And then at the end of this movie, I was like talking uh, with my girlfriend Evie about it. And there was just like something, an opinion I had of it. And she's like, "Mm, I don't think so. And then I just looked at her and I'm like, I'm right. You're wrong. <laughs> Goodbye. Seems like a you should not be drawing. That seems like a really bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Pro- probably not the probably not the best way to handle. I like that, that you're like. Hmm, let let you me. That. <laughs> I'm hearing this story, but let me dish out some sister relationship advice real quick. <laughs> but real quick, that was a horrible idea, and you should. Not <laughs> but real quick, really funny bit, David. Let's slow your roll real quick. I think what we was your favorite? What was your favorite goof they did? Ooh, my favorite goof of there. Okay, this is something that's very, very small, and you might miss it. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. I missed it too. Uh, Eb had to point it out to me. But they, when she comes back from escaping uh, Miss Trunchbull's like mansion, uh, her and Miss Honey yeah. escape, and she walks in, and she's talking with her parents about how there's cops outside, and they're giving her crap about it. Yeah, uh, she yeah. <laughs> is making herself dinner, where she makes herself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And while mm-hmm. they are yelling at her, their dinner is a bunch of marshmallows on a stick, and they're just eating. <laughs> yes. It. No, no, no. It's not just marshmallows. It's a marshmallow and then a jelly bean and then a marshmallow and then a jelly bean. <laughs> <laughs> and it just shows how like utter incompetent they are because like earlier in the movie too her her brother was uh walking her down her hallway while she was going to her room and he was just chucking marshmallows at her and he's like have a marshmallow have a marshmallow have a marshmallow have a marshmallow and it was just like wow this kid sucks (laughs) 
Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. My favorite goof is him getting his hat glued on to his head. And instead of it being like, how did this glue get on my head? He's like, my head has swollen and fused with the fibers (laughs) of my hat. (laughs) And I just think that's super funny. And then he rips off the hat in the middle of this super fancy restaurant. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, some cake falls on Matilda's fate um, on her plate, and it's really good. It's hilarious. It's, it's a classic '90s bit, and made me feel right at home. Picture the amount of, uh, like, pure arrogance you have to not admit that, like, <laughs> possibly a child outsmarted you, or maybe this is yes. just him being dumb. That he assumes <laughs> that his head grew to absorb the yes. fibers of the hat. It's amazing. Yeah, that his skin for some reason fused with his hat instead of it just being the super glue that he just had in his hand like a scene ago. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, One other small thing that I really loved about the movie were the like policemen slash FBI guys that were investigating her dad. Uh, I love that. First of all, it's Pee Wee Herman, which is such a funny like cameo to put him in. I forgot it was even him. Because he's super serious. Yes, it's him. And he's just dead serious the entire time. I think he has like one joke line that he does, but it's played so straight and it's super funny. The other guy is Bob the Goon from uh, the Batman movie. Remember with the Joker? He has one goon that's named. His name is Bob, and that's Bob the Goon, and that's it. And he's in this movie, too. I don't remember that at all. That one you lost me. <laughs> you don't remember that's, him? That's a little Bob bit more of a... That's a deep cut for me. That's I'm sorry. Cut. That's a real deep cut. That's a portion of my memory you have not <laughs> unlocked yet. That is staying in I the I did vault. watch a lot of... I did watch a lot of Michael Keaton's Batman as a kid, so I did know all the names of all the characters, including Bob the Goon, who was my favorite goon. That explains it. Now, I don't think... But it's really funny that he's a policeman in this movie. Agreed. I don't think we can move forward without talking about the chocolate cake scene, because... Mm, Yeah. I... Disgusting, delicious chocolate cake scene. I think, as a kid, I remember wanting to eat that chocolate cake, um... But, uh, well, first of all, did that did translate you? to you as well? Did you as a child want to eat chocolate cake after seeing this scene? Oh, no. Uh, maybe. I mean, it just looked like chocolate mush, though. It didn't really look like chocolate cake to me. You know what I mean? What's funny is that Danny DeVito said that was real cake. And yes, it was very good. Oh, He's gross. like, I had it on oh, set. Gross. It was excellent. <laughs> Which kind of st- oh, good. <laughs> still as an adult made me hungry for cake. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for my moving washing experience, again, I had my girlfriend there, Evie, and she yeah. is very sensitive to mouth sounds. To, yeah. Okay? Yeah. To the point There's where. There's a lot of mouth so- sounds in that scene. Yeah. You've been here when I'm like eating with her and like I'll be eating something and she'll just stare at me and be like, stop. Just stop. She won't even say what. <laughs> yeah. It's like I know what she's talking about. It's just like. It's an auditory hell. And yes, to be fair, you do try and take the least amount of bites when you eat. It's like you're trying to be efficient while you're eating your food. So you try to take the largest amount of like the largest bite so that you only have to take three bites when you eat the thing in front of you. What's wrong with being efficient, Amanda? It is horrifying. Mm. So she does have a slight point there. (laughs) Maybe she has a little bit of a point. (laughs) 
but you should have seen her during this scene because I will say that uh, <laughs> yes, <she's> struggling. <laughs> visually, this this scene is gross. Seeing this child eat this entire cake, it's really gross. Uh, hearing the auditory sounds of this kid take what is possibly the mushiest object in existence yeah. and eat it slowly. Yeah. He wasn't chewing; he was smacking his lips together for like I two think that's straight why minutes. It grossed me out. Yep. It is absolutely disgusting, yeah. and the audio engineer did a great job. Just a fantastic <laughs> job. Because it is, I don't, I don't feel like that scene is meant for you to be like, ooh, yummy chocolate cake. I do like that the end of the scene is them rooting for him to finish and then cheering when he does, because that's such a kid thing. I just thought it was very sweet. It's just nice that. Uh, people win in this universe like like even though totally, it's dark yeah. and dreary and yes yeah. oftentimes they lose it's just nice to yes. see them win every once in a while even if it's just about chocolate cake yes yes even if it's just enduring the punishment to have to have them all cheered together was very sweet yeah mm -hmm. one movie fact associated with this uh apparently this scene was the longest to shoot they spent really uh over two weeks shooting this scene and <laughs> just that because that kid yep. that cake. <laughs> so what they would do is after they were done filming for the day they would just film it after everyone was done and it it is really gross it is really gross the kid did spit out the cake in between scenes yeah. he did not that eat makes it, sense but that's yeah. really gross there is like this really funny uh, behind the scenes take where the kid's spitting out the food and someone comes with a napkin and then he yells at the girl with the napkin. He's like, do not wipe his face. Do not wipe uh, his face. It was all over his face. Oh, I think that's what kind of grossed me out is that it's not just on his face. It was all over his shirt too and like his hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very gross. It's yeah. Efficiently disgusting. Yeah. I definitely remembered that scene very vividly. I remembered the scene with the pigtails very vividly. I feel like I saw that a whole bunch in like commercials and stuff. Again, and this is the ABC family ad promo <laughs> special. Yes. Yes. And where Mitch, Miss Trunchbull picks up a little girl's pigtails. Cause she hates pigtails. <laughs> just very funny. And just starts spinning her around and throwing her like a shot put. And then the other scene I very much remember is when they are, like yakety sacks running around the Miss Trunchbull's house, um, trying to get away from her. I like vividly remember that where she and Miss Honey are in there, and they're just both on different sides of the house, basically pranking Miss Trunchbull. Yeah, that's a great, almost like Home Alone ish style scene. It's great. It it definitely is. Yeah, it definitely has Home Alone vibes to it. So what do you think of like the adaptation in general? Like what were some of the most jarring or surprising changes for you? I actually had a hard time coming up with stuff because I feel like the movie is, I mean, it's a short, the book is a very short children's story. And so mm -hmm. they took every scene out of there and just kind of built upon it, which is kind of what you get to do when there's not a ton of source material. Um, so it really was very true to the book, I think even in like tone and comedy, I feel like it was very true to it. Mm -hmm. um, I think the most surprising change to me was when I was reading the book again, I forgot that at the end of the book, Matilda loses her powers because she just yeah. doesn't need them anymore. Um, it's kind of hinted that her powers came from her own frustration with her situation. 
And at the end of the book, uh, Miss Honey adopts her and Miss Trunchbull is gone and her parents are gone and she is just able to live her life like she's always wanted to and be appreciated how she's always needed to be and she doesn't need her powers anymore. And at the end of the movie, they kind of joke around about how she still uses her powers whenever she wants. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting that like this, basically the source of her magic um, is different depending on the adaptation. Yeah. I, I, remember I feel like they just did it for the goof though. I don't think it was for anything else. Yeah. I mean, it's a much more entertaining movie when she has powers. That's sort of the whole mm -hmm. hook of it. But mm -hmm. I was shocked when reading the book because I know this movie so well. Uh, and I did read this book. I just forgot most of it. Uh, yeah. that she doesn't get her powers until about two thirds of the way into this book. Like the movie yeah, it's very late in the book. rushes through a lot of material only because, I mean, it's a kid's book. It, it's not hard to get through the material that's already there. Right. Uh, but I forgot just how small of a plot point her powers really are. I mean, it only comes yeah. in for about maybe like 40 pages and then it's gone. Yeah. Most of the movie is actually just focused around Matilda overcoming her situation. So she comes off as more um, like strong and independent in the books, I think, rather than yeah. a superhuman, which is what yes. she is. She's an X-Men. She's an X-Men person. She's essentially an X-Men in the movie. Yes. And I think that's the part that the movie misses a little bit. Like that's kind of the magic that Roald Dahl always does. Like magic in his books is always like a one-time gift. It's not necessarily mm -hmm. something you get to keep forever. Um, and so that I kind of missed. I think that's just like a very, uh, I don't know, like nice quality to Roald Dahl's books. Um, but it was like kind of like set as an afterthought at the end of the movie. So it didn't really make or break yeah. the movie, but she is significantly very, very good at magic, like really, really quickly in the movie <laughs> and like much more powerful in the book. She can, yeah, she makes a she lot takes, of things move in the movie. She takes like a week and a half to train herself to move the chalk. And at the end of it, yeah. she like passes out in the movie. It's like, do, 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 do. Let me control everything in a, in a house right now. And she just like yes. starts trancing yeah, around yeah. and she dances in her living room, which is actually an adorable Pretty scene. Adorable. And I love it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's a superhuman, but it's also it, it, it results in a lot of good scenes because of it. So they don't yeah. just do it for no reason. I also was kind of surprised watching the movie um, how often Matilda actually helps her family. Yeah. Like, there's a very sweet scene where she, like, goofs around on the FBI agents, trying like, rummaging around in, in her dad's garage. And she steals, like, the tape that they've been using to record her dad and just throws it out. And there's a couple of scenes like that just kind of tucked in very subtly throughout the movie and even at the very end when miss honey adopts her it's her mom that finally signs the adoption papers and she does it like explicitly because she says you know you're my only daughter and i've never really understood you like kind of like you need to be understood and mm -hmm. then she signs the papers and then they run away to guam um and so it's it's meant to be silly but ends up feeling very sweet like very poignant uh, which I was totally not expecting. And I think that's just because, you know, Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman are such great actors. Oh, yeah. They turned it on out of nowhere. It's like, oh, wow. These parents are like 
they they're gonna miss her. They're a little <laughs> bit more complex. Yeah, they're a little yeah. bit more complex than yeah. Uh, in the book, what they, they have like in the book. can't be bothered. They're like busy, so they're like, fine, you stay here, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I did think was hilarious, though, is uh, I just forgot about this, where they're like, we can't just leave you here. And then she's like, oh, I already have the adoption papers. <laughs> yes. She's like, I made a copy of them as soon as I learned to work the Xerox machine. And I was like, oh, dang, that's cold. <laughs> I know. It's like for every single moment, like she spent like buying her parents some time so that they could redeem yeah. themselves. It's yeah. like deep down, she she's like, like <laughs> knew like, no, nah, I want out. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as I can con some adult to adopt me, I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm done with these fools. Yep. Yeah, Matilda is, uh, is very conniving, very secretly conniving. So is there anything you would do to change the story if you could? Actually, before we move on, there was one last thing I wanted to mention. Go for it. Uh, so one other change that was present in the book, but not the movie that I found surprising was actually Miss Honey's relationship uh, in the book with Miss Trunchbull is much more complex and honest, I'd say. Uh, like yeah. they just kind of run past it very quickly and don't go into specifics. While in the book, they mention how Miss Trunchbull not only, of course, conned her entire you know, money and inheritance from her uh, by murdering her dad and then taking everything. But also she was like physically and psychologically had this abusive relationship over her. Yeah. She yeah. Uh, stole her income when she started working at the school. She would yeah. make sure that she had to be uh, home at the house to do dishes and cook every day. She had this control over her that they explicitly mm -hmm. say in the book they use the words she, we had an abusive relationship together yeah and she yeah i thought that was really interesting i thought too that the the scene in the book was a little bit more effective with miss honey um and i think maybe the movie was just trying to be more lighthearted about it yeah. whereas roll Dahl doesn't care he's gonna go there um but in the book, she literally has like crates that she sits on. She doesn't have running water in her place. They have to like get water from a well. And this is not meant to be like back in the day or anything like that. Um, it's just the way that she has to live in order to live uh, semi-independent from Miss Trunchbull. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think they did. It was definitely it felt more complex, which is funny because I feel like they spent more time on it in the movie than they did in the book. Yeah. They spent so much time with Miss Honey and her mm -hmm. relationship and how it affects her and that weird doll that she wants to have and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Way more. <laughs> the doll was very creepy. The weird, creepy doll. It's like of all things that you want back at yes. your house, it's yes. the doll. Ugh, no. Yes. Ugh, bleh, bleh. <laughs> with the creepy painted face. Yep. Yeah. So what, if anything, would you change about this story? I don't know if I would change anything. I think it's mm -hmm. really hard to say, you know, anything in the book. I, I just respect Roald Dahl so much. I love everything he's put in this book. So I don't know if I would change anything. Um, I think the adults are amazing. I think the kids are very sweet. Uh, I kind of wish she had a little bit more time with like her brother. I think her brother could have been really interesting, but mm -hmm. um, I get why like neither book or movie really focused on that. So I liked it. I don't know. I don't know if I would make any changes to it. I think the only change I would make 
um, to the movie would actually be, I kind of wish that they used the younger actress who was supposed to be four years old because Matilda's four years old in the, in the, uh, in the book. And so I almost wish they would have like went hard into that, but I can kind of see why they didn't. I think it would have been a little bit hard to do it without like, it, it lets it be sillier. The fact that she's like eight or nine basically in the movie, yeah. Um, it would feel, I think, a little too mean-spirited if she was four. But that little four-year-old Matilda was so cute at the beginning. Oh, my gosh. That scene when she goes to the library. Isn't and the it, librarian's just like, the she's like, She's like, oh, the section's over there. Would you like me to show you? She's like, no, I can do this. And then she just, no. oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Or even when she's, like, getting herself dressed and she ties a little bow in her hair and it's, like, as big as her face, basically. It's just the cutest. Oh, it's a, yeah. that It was like, they, it was like. Yeah, it was basically like seeing Baby Yoda on the screen and then having to like make Baby Yoda grow up in order to have a storyline with him. And I was kind of disappointed, but that's um, true. Mar Mar Wilson did amazing, so I can't complain too much. Yeah, true. I think for me, uh, again, I would also not change a th- single thing about this story. I think mm-hmm. it's incredible. My only thing is, of course, I want to spend more time in it. I just want to like yeah. m- discover. Miss Honey and Trunchbull's relationship a bit more because to me it was like the uh, contrast between Miss Honey's character and uh, Matilda's what I found so interesting that uh, Miss Trunchbull was very passive because she was in this abusive relationship while Matilda's mm-hmm. like was young and independent and taking charge of herself and it's like that dynamic of them contrasting in characters was so interesting to me that I almost want yeah. to spend more time with Miss Honey's character understanding where she came from. Um, but again, that's just, again, I love yeah. this story. I want to spend more time in it. Yeah, I think it would be hard to do if it, because it's like a kid's movie. Yeah. Um, I, I think it would make a really interesting, like, I don't know, goofy mini series if they did, or like you said, like an animated thing. I don't know. I would love to I would love to see another adaptation of it and see if anybody else would do it differently. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So Amanda. <laughs> I've been Dig thinking it. a lot about this. Okay. Yeah, I know. I see your notes coming up. I'm pretty excited uh, yes, for whatever yes. you have on. <laughs> this this section here was a, originally meant for just you, where you were right. gonna come up with a fan theory. But That's more and true. more <laughs> more and more I have been obsessed with my Matilda fan theory would you like to hear okay. what it is yeah what's your what's your fan theory okay so here's my one line elevator pitch okay matilda is uh-huh. the terminator that is a oh, that is a single line you're not very good at elevator pitches but yes <laughs> <laughs> it's just like i just want to get that out there first okay matilda is a terminator all right so Are you just you just want like terminator eight to be like Terminator 8 colon Matilda. Yes. Yes. Because this movie <laughs> ends with her being an all-powerful superhuman. Uh, she is. Th- so, so let me tell you all the little things around this movie that made me think of this, okay? Okay. okay. One, Danny well, she's DeVito. she's more like Professor X, isn't she, than a Terminator? Well, it's just Terminator with superpowers. But here's, gotcha. okay. here's, here's why, okay? What was really off-putting to me in the beginning is that Danny DeVito is both her father and the narrator of the film. Okay. That is super weird. Yes, yes. I will say that. Yeah. So this I get, this I was immediately just... a red flag for me. <laughs> okay. Okay, yes. 
So from there, I was like, why would he be the narrator? So then I was like, well, he does he's a almost, great job. He does a fantastic yes, job. It's like, well, it sounds like he's telling us this story from the future. What happened in the future that she, he would be telling us the story? And then also there's Miss Trunchbull, who has mm-hmm. a passing line where she says, I wish one day I could just get rid of all the children. Like my ideal school yes. would be one with no children. So here's yes. what I think happened. In one timeline... There was a world where Miss Trunchbull gains enough power to kill all the children of the world. There are no more children. Okay. Okay. There Uh is no more children. Danny DeVito, who is just Danny DeVito in this universe. Okay. Okay. (laughs) It is actually Danny DeVito. Not Mr. Wormwood. No, 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 no. Mr. Wormwood is a persona that he creates. Okay. This is just actually Danny DeVito. This is some like Mr. Robot stuff. Okay. Go ahead. Yes, it's great. So uh, Danny DeVito is... Uh, like very paternal he loves kids and he's upset by this um Mm -hmm. and he is he has a child with him who is matilda that he knows has superpowers so he develops so she just had superpowers on her own yes so here's the thing this is sort of combining the terminator (laughs) uh uh and x-men and Uh what's that movie uh, what's that movie when all the chill kids are dead and the yeah, guy needs children, to transport children of men? Children of men. Yes, uh-huh. this is all of that. Okay, <laughs> so a child is born with special powers, and he realizes that he this is the only hope for humanity. So he time travels to the past with yeah. his wife. Okay, uh-huh. where uh-huh. they realize that the only way to bring out Matilda's powers is by being terrible parents to her. They know this, okay? The entire family is in on it. That is why there's this wild scene where Matilda tells her Danny DeVito to yell at her, and he does. And he he does. Yeah, and he does, and the door slams, uh, and he never never thinks about it again. Exactly, okay? (laughs) The reason why he's so stupid is because he's in on it. It's because he knows (laughs) this is what needs to happen. This is, these are the lengths that need to be, uh, that they need to go through to uh-huh. uh, get her powers out of her, for her to become the person she needs to be. And okay. so that's why she eventually uh, beats Miss Trunchbull. Okay, They purposely put uh-huh. her into school. <laughs> they purposely do all of that so that she can defeat her. Now, here's where the sequel comes into play, because now they have an all-powerful superhuman that they have tortured for her first couple years of life. True. She's going to have some issues. She's not going to grow up to be a good person. And that's when <laughs> more things come into play. But right, that's initial the thoughts, to what do you out, think? Though. Yeah. I think I see no plot holes. I think you should – this is Greenland. Let's make it a – Completely ship sound. A million. Thank Completely you. sound. Yes. I do, I do genuinely like the idea that Matilda is a figure from the future who is sent back in time to avenge the children of the world. That is a very funny idea because there are so many moments where Danny DeVito's character shouldn't be as dumb as he is. And it is really weird that he's narrating. It should yes, be it should be yes. Matilda narrating. I don't know why it's Danny okay. DeVito. You are on board. That wasn't a joke. That no, wasn't a joke. You yeah, do believe me. I do. I do kind of believe you. <laughs> Good. Because it is weird. It just, 
it just always threw me off how like he would be narrating yeah. himself I actually, and i was like why was this all planned are you god danny or I, are you yeah, something right? else <laughs> i usually don't mind narration and no usually i don't like narration and i actually didn't mind danny devito's narration i thought he did a pretty good job but even at the beginning of the movie i'm like aren't you like one of the villains of this movie it's not typical <laughs> Uh, but in the book, too, there's a beginning part at the very beginning of the book where the narrator is clearly like a person uh-huh. and they're telling a story. It's almost like they, a story that they heard about this girl named Matilda. But they're talking about like how most kids are terrible. And I just <laughs> it's so funny. We're like, usually it starts off being like, usually, you know, parents think their kids are amazing and their kids are terrible. These are all the ex- like examples of terrible kids. And if I had terrible kids, I would tell them how terrible they were all the time. Except for this one character, Matilda, who's pretty great. And then they tell the story. And I just think that's such a funny way to like open the book. And it's equally weird that Danny DeVito is a narrator and a villain in this movie. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, something's happening behind the scenes yeah. that we aren't seeing. Yeah. That they are hiding from this audience. Yeah. We need the we need the yeah. sequel. We need the deep dive. We need the true story behind Matilda. You know what I need? I need the Danny DeVito cut. The Danny DeVito cut. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this all is, the is the Danny scenes. DeVito cut, dude. <laughs> he had his all the hands extra all over scenes this. from the future. <laughs> Where he sends no, her the, and his family back in time. Yeah, we need the Pam Ferris cut. We need to know what's really going on behind the scenes. And I feel like Trunchbull really knows what's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, Hollywood, I will sell you the rights to this. I feel like um, Zack Snyder would be all over this. So just give Oh, my him, gosh. Yeah, he's already quick foaming at the mouth. He can't <laughs> wait. He's he already on wait. board. Apparently, James he's listening Cameron to this is, podcast, too. So that's cool. James Cameron is like, screw all of these Avatar movies. Yeah. I finally this found the doing. correct sequel for Terminator, and it's Matilda. <laughs> yeah, I see no issues. Let's, yeah, that's perfect. Okay, great. Let's move on. <laughs> 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 what, uh, do you have any nitpicks? Uh, my only nit- nitpick is Miss Honey's Cottage. It looks amazing yeah i I do not feel bad for moving miss honey she seems very comfortable (laughs) yeah it's like oh no poor me i have this little cozy cottage surrounded by a bunch of wildflowers and nobody with amazingly no rent yeah Mm -hmm. cool yeah and i just read books all day oh no yeah i wish i could have my chocolates and china doll i really want my creepy doll to keep me warm in my house (laughs) that's perfect uh, yeah. I had one very silly, very small nitpick, and I totally remember being bothered by it when I was a child. And then watching it again, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes me mad all over again. It's when this is going to be super small and obscure. It's when Matilda goes back to Trunchbull's house and steals the doll and then spooks her a little bit with the old painting of uh of miss honey's dad who's actually that painting is roald dahl which is very cool um and you know there's like a spooky scene right there whatever uh there is a scene where matilda looks in through the window and miss trunchbull takes out a chocolate and pops in her mouth with the wrapper on like it it has like a gold (laughs) wrapper on (laughs) and she just eats it whole (laughs) so i don't know if it's like this is how tough she is. She doesn't even 
take off the wrapper to her food before she eats it. But it bothered me. I, I remember it bothered me when I was a kid. I'm like, just take off the wrapper, Miss Trunchbull. You're not in a hurry. You're by yourself. And then I felt it again. I felt that same annoyance flare up. <laughs> I saw it again. <laughs> yeah, there's some. I mean, this plays more into my obviously correct Terminator fan theory, but she has <laughs> almost superhuman like abilities in this movie. Like she does. Uh, the scene like right after that haunting scene. Uh, Miss Trunchbull finds Matilda's like red ribbon yeah, floating on her car. It. Yeah, she sniffs it and like a bloodhound, she's like, oh, I know who it <laughs> is. Like, Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> she does this in the like house scene too, where yes, she, she like she walks into the house and then just starts sniffing it and like figures out where people are. <laughs> and I'm like, what is going on? Pam, this person yeah. is a Ms. dog. Miss Trunchbull. Pam Ferris, who plays Miss Trunchbull, is my favorite part about this movie. There are so many scenes where the camera is right up in her face. Like you see oh, yes. her, all, all of her pores. You are like like kissing distance from Miss Trunchbull. And she is just hamming it up ham style. And it cracks me up every time. She must have had so much fun doing this movie. Well, it's funny to think how they would have shot that, too, yeah. because there's a couple scenes that I can tell they shot with like a slight fish eye lens. Oh, yeah, for so, sure. Like, yeah. For this scene, they were basically up in like, like on up top her of nose. her face. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You she is have a lot of confidence to be doing that kind of thing. But good for you, Pam Ferris. You are you are doing what you were meant to do on this earth. She had an absolute blast. Yeah, you could tell. Yeah. Yeah actually a quick question yeah. how do you think matilda ages as a teenager because in the movie it's wild that she keeps her powers mm -hmm. how does she age as a teenager you think um i don't know like she seems like in the book she's incredibly kind-hearted and the whole book is about the strength of being kind but still standing up for yourself which is a very great message in the book it's a little silly or in the movie it's a little sillier which is fine because it's a 90s movies for kids so it's going to be a little sillier um i feel like she's gonna skip straight to college and her teenage years are gonna be weird because she'll be an adult teenager so i feel like she has some struggles ahead of her just a bit what about you <gasps> you just pitched another good movie matilda <laughs> at college okay yeah. Okay. Picture her helping her friend. Yeah. Do like a keg stand. Yeah. Like the, like the when she's friend's like, like I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> and the person's falling off, and then she uses her powers to keep you know the what? person. I and think, then the whole thing floats. I think they're already making this on Disney Plus, so I don't think we even have to worry about it. I think they're already in progress. Yeah. Why am it. I even pitching things? Disney Disney Plus is listening to us and already in post production yes. of whatever we're talking about. That's true. They can just cut us a check if they really uh, want to. They can but they probably won't. They're pretty busy. <laughs> They'll never admit to that. <laughs> they got deep pockets. They're not giving us any of it. Uh, so, David, would you recommend people read this book if they haven't? I mean, absolutely. You should read all of Roald Dahl's books know, if so you good. haven't. This, this is, especially if you have younger children and you're looking for something to get them into reading and you know Danny DeVito made a good point where one of the reasons he picked this up is because his kids transitioned from picture books 
to actual books mm-hmm. with words in them. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to read to them and be involved in their discovery of reading and education. And I think this is an incredible uh, excuse for you to spend more time with your kids. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so do it. Yeah, and I think it's it's a unique one because it's very enjoyable to read it as an adult. And I don't know that every kid's Absolutely. book is going to be like that. No. I yeah. can promise you that's a that's a big no. Yeah. So Amanda, would you recommend watching this movie? I definitely would, especially if you watched it when you were a kid, um, or even if you just want to have some kooky '90s fun. I think it's a fun one to watch. Uh, you'll recognize a lot more people than you realize while watching it, and it's silly and fun and not very long. And so I think it'll be a good time no matter who's watching it. Yeah. So our recommendation is watch both. Yeah. Or read read it and watch it and I mean you Enjoy probably it. could have already get some kids and then come, come up with your come up yourself. your own get fan some kids. theory. Yeah. Find out what's really going on. And then t- tell us all the Matilda spin-offs you can think of. Yeah. There you go. So that'll wrap us up for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe so you can get automatically updated when new episodes come out at wherever you get your podcasts. We are still brand spanking new. We are still in single digit episodes. So if you enjoyed anything we talked about in the last hour or so, please leave us a review and tell your friends about us. Yes, please. In fact, if you write a review, we might read it here. So here is a review from The Red Fool, which is a great (laughs) iTunes name. Did not realize you could have Xbox Live type usernames on iTunes. I know. I feel like my iTunes name is just my name. It is is probably just my name. (laughs) (laughs) But the Red Fool says. Do it in a goofier voice. Give us a goofy voice. I don't know. I'm not good with voices, Amanda. We all know that voices are a hard limit. Make this fan sound uh, really buff. Do that. Uh, okay that's your notes (laughs) my notes this fan is buff your notes are your two your two words are buff and enthusiastic okay scene okay ready go scene the voice of reason in these turbulent times (laughs) the world we live in is a dark one anyone who reads the news knows this to be true the There are a few voices of hope in the void of our modern American media landscape, all except for the voices of Amanda and David. If you're looking for a reason to live, a reason to laugh, or a reason to love, this is your reason. How do you think? What was that? That was the best thing I've ever heard you do. That was the best goof of your life. Okay, good, because I've been repeatedly told I do the worst impressions (laughs) and voices. I think it was God putting a hard limit on my comedy um yeah so i'm glad you said that i really needed that yeah uh i'll i promise i will make you do another one next week so (laughs) okay great with a new voice (laughs) you can also find us on instagram twitter and youtube uh where you can leave more reviews and we may read them in a funny voice next week uh we are at adapted pod on all those platforms you can also send us suggestions on what we should talk about next by shooting us an email at stuff at adaptedpod.com that is s-t-u-f-f at adaptedpod.com 
So you're assuming that they don't know how to spell stuff, but they stuff. do know how to spell adaptedpod.com. Okay, I'm got gonna it. attempt adapted pod in like one go. There's way too many A's in there. I'll you just get you up. immediately bit off more than you could chew. Yes, at least it's not adapted for reviewing podcast.com anymore. That guy's way too long to spell. Way too long. Please don't email that. I wish we could get rid of that in our previous episodes, but alas, times a flat yes. circle. So Amanda. Yeah. Uh, yes. what are we reading slash consuming next? Yeah. So Matilda was your pick. We were originally going to do another book and right before we started doing it, you're like, JK, I want to do Matilda. And so we did it. Um, next I am going to force you to read a book that is coming out. Another it has been adapted several times. It's being adapted once more, uh, this season and i'm very excited to be able to watch it again uh we are going to read little women (sighs) and you are super excited to do it it's only like a couple hundred pages it'll be a couple hundred pages from the 1800s no big deal no big deal it's a classic it'll be super fun you're gonna fall in love with all of them all of the little women you will okay. love it. Now, are they actually little? Are they like midgets? Are they like really small people? Or is it like a oh, David, or is it is like a symbolic a bad joke? You were on such a high this episode and you ended it with that real stinker. <laughs> okay, here here's the thing. What I will say is I will read this book. Not for you, not for even <laughs> Great. Not not for this podcast, but for one person. Oh, you're too kind. Okay. And that is <laughs> and that is the red fool who gave us such a great review that's true calling me a voice yes you said we are a voice of reason in turbulent times and if that means i have to read this very 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 long book so be it (laughs) yep so be it but it does mean that my next book will be the spookiest spookiest book i can possibly that is that is unfortunately the deal david i will make david read books from the 19th century and he will make me read the spooky books that's the deal we have books it's like the entire stephen king uh (laughs) uh, abridged whatever anyway tune in next time to hear all about how we rate that adaptation for little women until then uh if you're gonna steal a slice of cake make sure it's not from a psychopath before you eat it or if you're really really hungry (laughs) if you're really hungry do steal it from a psychopath because then you're going to get a lot because of Because they'll give you more cake. That's they'll true. give way more cake. But remember, while eating said cake, close your mouth. Please close your mouth. For the love of God, close Please your mouth. close your mouth. Everybody, if there's a moral to this podcast, it's close your mouth. That's a very while strange tagline. <laughs> I don't think we want that in our t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> close. Mm. Mm. I guess it's not the worst. It just doesn't feel very funny. Yeah, it's not.